This is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And I hope you're so excited as me with that new intro that we have. Um, it is a beautiful um, morning in Gauteng. Um, and today specifically, our show is a nice one um, because and an important one as well. Let me also say that. I think with the newborn phase, the interesting part for me always is, is that it is hard. <laughs> uh, my kids are already um, nine and 12 now. So it's in all honesty, it's a, it's a distant memory um, to, um, I, I can still very clearly remember a lot of things in that newborn phase, but it really was like a distant memory. And to be honest, now that I am at nine years and 12 years, I also have to say, um, it's in all honesty, even though it feels like when you're in it as if it's never, ever, ever going to end, <laughs> it is actually just a blip in their existence. It's so quick, actually, that it passes that you don't even think about it. But it is very hard when you're in it. And I can still remember so clearly people telling me, just wait for three months. Things get better around three months. And I was just like, three months? That is so freakishly long. I can't wait that long. I might actually not make it. And that is the kind of feelings that you have in the beginning, which is absolutely normal. You also have to keep in mind that you are a very big like amount of hormones at that time. So logical thinking is not really there. And the only consistent thing about a newborn is inconsistency. But one of the things that really always, and even to this day, um, and it takes a very long time, it's not just with newborns, that really was difficult for me as a mom was the fact that when they cry that you don't know what is wrong. Um, you're constantly wondering, are they okay? Are they gaining weight? Are they... You're fine. Can they hear? Can they see? And because you can't ask them if they're crying, you're like, so like, what is happening? Is that, is everything fine with them? You, I, I kind of lived for those checkups that we had to do, um, at the clinics and all those things just to make sure that they are gaining weight and that they are okay because it really just kind of, I don't know. It made me feel like a better mom <laughs> when I got there and it's like, okay, everything is fine. I'm just like, okay, fine. I know now that stuff is fine. And today, um, that's what we're talking about, specifically newborns and specifically something that is not actually something that is a given in South Africa, but we'll get to that point now. But as always, I want you to be sharing in the conversations of newborns. Are you pregnant and going to enter that newborns? Are you super nervous about that? Are you like me, only prepared for pregnancy and forgot about the parenting part? <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about your own experience with a newborn. Are you in it now? Please. Um, you can, of course, as always, phone in on 010-140-3020 into the studio. We would love to chat with you. Or you can send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or SMS at 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. I want you to be part of the conversation, even if it's just a note, even a question. Because today I am joined by Sister Bronwyn Rousseau. She is a first screen newborn screening program coordinator. Isn't that a 
That's a proper title. Um, at Next Biosciences and Mom of Two. Um, and we are going to be talking about this very important newborn screening and what it entails. Hi, Bronwyn. Hi, morning. And thank you so much for this opportunity to speak on, um, a very, a topic very, very close to my heart. Um, the newborn screening program. I'm very privileged to be able to share this, um, topic with you and I'm happy to, to answer any questions that will come along. And great. As I said, everyone can be part of this um, conversation because newborn screening is actually something that is um, a given in most European countries. It's not in South African hospitals. It's not a given that that's going to happen. Um, hence why we are talking about it. But let's start with it, Bronwyn. Um, to start off with the conversation, what is newborn screening? <laughs> Okay, so the newborn screening testing I am talking about is a, a little metabolic screening test that is done on little oneies after they are born. Okay, so once they've arrived, um, between 24 to 72 hours after they're born, it is a little blood test that's done um, on the little oneie to analyze an enzyme profile. So it's looking to see, do the babies have all the necessary enzymes in their little systems that helps to break down um, the components of the milk they're drinking? So it's the proteins, carbohydrates, carbohydrates and fats of the milk they're drinking. And we also look at a certain type of enzyme profile to pick up some um, uh, genetically inherited diseases. So things like um, cystic fibrosis is one. Um, another is something called congenital um, adrenal hyperplasia. Um, so that's with the little adrenal glands that sit on top of the kidneys don't always work so well. And then um, something that we see fairly commonly in South Africa is something called um, congenital hypothyroidism, where the thyroid gland doesn't work properly. So an enzyme profile can pick up potential problems there. Note that it is a screening test. So if we pick up an abnormality in that enzyme profile, it flags something um, in, in the mind of the practitioner, the pediatrician, looking after the little one, that there might be an issue here. We pick that up early. We do the necessary accurate investigations and pick up these problems and we can do something about them before the little one actually gets symptom and starts to to um have complications of of the disease and um metabolic diseases are quite easily treated as long as we know what to treat um and it's less it's inexpensive as opposed to the long-term effect of a metabolic disease that's not picked up um they have um the the medical term is called sequelae or consequence of of the disease um you know that can be nasty no no and i mean that's interesting i mean i now mentioned earlier that these are not a standard kind of testing that happens Mm -hmm. in hospitals in south africa i do have to say that obviously doctors and nurses in hospitals do do i mean certain testing when you like when your baby is born of course Mm -hmm. like the 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 famous apgar test in the beginning um once your baby is uh, born and then i think it's about five minutes again afterwards they do it again and i mean even those things i i have to say like I didn't know all these things when um, my babies were born that that's what they're doing. And you go to these antenatal classes or, uh, mm. and you kind of, they, I'm pretty sure they must have told me <laughs> that. But I mean, I really didn't register because there's, it's really such an information overlay. And to be honest, you can only prepare yourself so much for these things. 
I think the second time around with my daughter, it was a little bit easier and I knew a little, because I knew a little bit what to expect. And that's exactly what these shows are about, everyone, is to kind of give you a little bit of insight in what can happen and what's going to happen once your baby is born. The app got tests test for different types of things. And for me, I remember my son had a, a little bit of a purple color, so he didn't mm. get a full score. And I was like, oh, already <laughs> he starts with not having a full score at the birth. <laughs> But very quickly later, he did have five out of five. But anyway, um, so um, why is it? Uh, so obviously, like you mentioned now with the newborn screening, it is a little bit of a different situation that they're looking at mm-hmm. um, and different things that they are testing for. You said 24 to 72 hours yeah. before. And what do you say? say and I mean, I think you've mentioned mostly why we would want to do it. But mm-hmm. what are the main reasons why we would want to do these tests? Okay, so I think also to a large degree... You know what, Bronwyn? I'm going to stop you there and then okay. we can get to that just now. <laughs> 100%. No worries. <laughs> this is Bump and Beyond with Yolandi Becker. Is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM, and this is Bumpin' Beyond, and as always, we're talking parenting, and today, specifically, the start of the parenting journey. I don't know if pregnancy is considered the start, but at least this is the I, um, the beginning part of everything is the newborn phase, the very hard newborn phase, and I am privileged to be joined by Sister Bronwyn Rousseau, and we're talking about newborn screening. Um, so before we got um, interrupted for important mm-hmm. adverts, um, we were talking about why, so what are some of the reasons why you would want to do these newborn screening? Okay, I think as a parent, we always want to do what's best for our babies and we want to do everything we can possibly do and give them things that we never had as, as children. And a newborn screening is probably one of those tests because it's something that um, unfortunately is not available to, to the entire population um, of our country. Um, you know, as you mentioned previously, it is a, a, you know, in some of the other world, parts of the world, it is a mandatory test um, and that is covered. And the reason that they can do that is it's covered by the National Health System of that particular country. So in South Africa, we unfortunately don't have the privilege to screen every single little person because of a, a cost involved of the testing, which I can um, elaborate on on later if, if necessary. But we are in certain areas, we are privileged to be able to, to cover the cost of the testing. And then we want to screen these little ones early to pick up uh, you know, potential problems that we could do something about. You know, the incidence or the statistic of um, the disease um, of, of how many children it affects in South Africa is about one out of every 2,000 babies that are born. And those are the children we know about. In other words, the little 1% yeah. of our South African population that have been tested. So um, my responsibility to, to every parent and every newborn out there is to, to let you know that this test is available and we can do it. Um, um, quite easily within those first three days in, in, in the hospital. And the mommies and just need to mention it to the pediatrician looking after their baby that they'd like to do this test. Or alternatively, they can always just uh, contact me if, if I'm, 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 you know, if I would be able to, I'm happy to share my contact details um, live or I can give them to you and, and they could be published. And um, we um, with, with how this test can be done, you know, we, also do um 
you know, we can arrange um, testing if the babies are born at home, for instance. Mm. You know, there, there is a way to do this. You know, just because the baby's born outside of a hospital doesn't mean we can't do this. Um, you know, so those are the kind of questions I'm sure some parents may be yes. asking. And I mean, for me, one of the questions now on that note of when, obviously you mentioned within 24 to 72 hours, you want to do this test. Mm. But what would it entail in this test? Um what tests are done and how is the screening then performed? Okay, so what the, the test is done is by a little blood sample. So the baby will then be pricked generally on, on the heel, the underside of the foot. Um, normally, you know, uh, we, we do like a blood sugar test, the similar yeah. concept, and five little drops of blood are taken onto what we call a dry blood spot card. So it's a specialized sample card, and those little droppies are put on there, and that sample card is then tested um, at our facility at the Northwest University in Potchestrum. And they do the sample analysis. So every little, the, the bits of that card are punched out and put into what we call a mass spectrometer. It's a fancy machine that counts the amount of enzyme present. And then a report is released about seven days later. Um, and that will indicate whether the enzyme profile is normal or if there is something out of the norm. Now, in about 10% of the little ones that we do test, we do see an enzyme profile that's not 100% normal. Um, and I like to to use the, the simile that our enzyme profile is as unique as our fingerprint because not everybody's going to have exactly the same amount of enzyme. Some mm. are going to have a little bit more, some are going to have a little bit less, but it doesn't mean they're sick. Yeah. When we do get a profile that's a little bit out of the normal range, um, we do repeat the test on a fresh sample um, just to be sure the enzyme profile does normalize. Um, those extra testings, additional testings, are no additional cost to the parent as part of the testing program. So sometimes the parents do get a little anxious if they get a call to say, you know, profile is not 100% normal, but it doesn't mean that the little one is sick. No. And again, like you mentioned earlier, this is also just a screening process. So you're Indeed. looking for the abnormalities and once you do pick up something, additional testing and other things will still be obviously necessary. That's right, yes. No. But what are some of the conditions, for instance, I mean, you now mentioned enzymes and mm. all the big words that big words, you know, yeah. <laughs> sound very smart, um, Sister Bronwyn. <laughs> what are some of the conditions that we, what, that you're then testing for? Okay, so for, from a fairly common perspective, so I'm going to, like, for instance, there's something uh, like a protein uptake issue, for instance, and that's something called phenylketonuria. So it is a big mouthful. But the, basically what that means is that the little person doesn't have sufficient enzyme to break down the protein into the building blocks, the amino acids that our body needs to make muscle, to make um, brain function, to make sure the liver works correctly. And if that enzyme is not working properly, the proteins don't get absorbed. So two things are happening. The one that the protein becomes like a toxin into mm-hmm. the baby system. And secondly, they're not able to use the protein. So they then don't grow and develop adequately. And um, if it's left completely untreated, um, we can lose those babies. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, we know that we've heard of, of, of sudden infant death syndrome where we, we don't know what is the cause of one day the, the baby goes to sleep and they just don't wake up. And, this could be one of those things that we haven't looked for. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, we, that's we don't wonderful know. if it helps for things like that. And if you're yeah. a, a little bit in the end of the day for me is as well, it's like, I feel like 
again, there's so many things. If your baby is not sleeping well or if your mm-hmm. baby um, is crying all the time and colicky and you're always, like I mentioned earlier, so wondering what is going on. Mm-hmm. Is there something going on? And I feel like if you from the start kind of do these tests and in the end, if your baby's struggling to feed or is uncomfortable for feeding mm-hmm. or something like that, I feel that even if there was nothing wrong, it will give you a little bit, a bit of peace of mind to know, okay, you know what? I did those tests and nothing came up. Mm. So I at least know that it is not something like that. Indeed. It, it is something else. Mm. Um, or, or just, you know, there's also a, a, a bit of other things that could obviously mm. also go on. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, just weight gain and all those silly things that you see gaining mm. weight and, Ah, mother's guilt, mother's worry, the Absolutely. joys of yeah. it, hey? mm-hmm. the real joys of it. If you've just joined me, you are on 101.9 High FM. Um, this is Bump and Beyond. And as always, we're talking parenting and the brand spanking newborn specifically and newborn screening. I am joined here by um, Sister Bronwyn Rousseau, and we're talking about newborn screening tests and what it entails and when it needs to be done and how it is done and, and, and. As always, I do want you to be part of the conversation. So you can, of course, send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can SMS us at 34519. SMSs are charged at 150. Just tell us a little bit of how your little one is doing. How did you do a newborn screening? Because I am 100% sure I didn't do a newborn mm. screening with either of my children. I, I, until you actually told me about it, I've never <laughs> even heard of a newborn screening, to be honest. Uh. Um, so this is for me. And I mean, again, just for that peace of mind, I, I, I remember even having like the fetal assessment when I was pregnant. And once you kind of do it and you've done it, you feel just like a sense of a little bit relief that, okay, I've checked some stuff. Um, do, do these newborn screenings, do they cover things like, so you're just testing for the enzymes. It's not testing something like hearing or sight no. or something like that. Mm-mm, no, that's a different thing. So, you know, it's also if you sort of Google newborn screening, yeah. the, the hearing screen is listed as one of the newborn screening tests, as well as, um, you know, when they look at measure pulse oximetry, you measure the oxygen level in babies. Yeah. Um, the APGAR score, as you mentioned earlier, is also part of what is listed as a newborn screening. Newborn screen. So they're all done by, you know, different people at sort of different stages within that, you know, newborn phase. Um, so hearing, yes, is, is one of the very important important things to do, um, which um, I'll, I'll just mention that from a hospital perspective, I think now the audiologist, the, the hearing yeah. specialist um, does come around to all the new moms and say, look, you know, they can can do this. And I do believe that some hospital groups included in, in part of a maternity package. So having a hearing screen is also very, very worthwhile. And I think parents these days are very fortunate to, to be exposed to, to these kind of things that our parents maybe weren't. Um, so, you know, if the facility is there, I think, um, take advantage. Yeah. No, and I mean, that really is. And I mean, for me, it's, mm-hmm. I, I do remember that, that I don't think I got it tested like in, a newborn. I think mm. for maybe my six week checkup, my pediatrician definitely yeah. did check for hearing and 
um, and sites and stuff like that. But I do have to say that I'm also, again, like I've mentioned to everyone before, I'm a, I'm a little bit overly informed because of the industry that I work in mm-hmm. <laughs> as a parent. And I also kind of like tested things like that um, and noticed that my children obviously could uh, responded when mm-hmm. there was a sound and when I moved around. So I was never really concerned about those things as well. But it was kind of, I, I'm very sure about um, that the pediatrician also checked for those type of things during that six week checkup and things like that. Um, so what um, uh, you mentioned now, uh, obviously that the enzymes um, can be broken up. Is that the most common kind of condition that okay. you pick up um, or what are some of the other conditions that you can pick up or the most common conditions? That you okay. Can so there's another disorder, something called galactosemia. Now, you know, it was such like, I'm so glad my kids don't have this because I would yes. not be able to pronounce any of these. No, words. they're very big tongue twisters. <laughs> I'm, you know, sometimes I just use the abbreviation because it's so much easier. Anyway, so galactosemia is a disorder where there's an enzyme missing that um, helps to break down, you know, moves the, the glucose, converts glucose to galactose. Yeah. Galactose is the absorbable form of a milk sugar. Now, so galactosemia is a, is a disease process where the enzyme is missing. So it, it is not the same as lactose intolerance. Okay. okay. And oftentimes that we get asked, does newborn screening screen for lactose intolerance? And, and no, because you know, um, I'm just going to touch on a little bit about lactose intolerance. You know, it is a transient thing. So it's a short lived and it generally resolves on its own once the baby's metabolic process and digestive system matures and they're making their own, um, enzymes to break down their milk sugars, etc. But galactosemia is something that is inherent. It's born, the babies are born with it and this enzyme just isn't there. No. But we can pick it up, we test for it and how do we treat it? We remove milk sugar from the diet, finished. The child doesn't need any enzyme support, doesn't need any like medication. We just need to be aware of it and then the parents are advised on, on how to, to manage this baby from a nutrition point of view. Um, and that is majority of how metabolic disease is treated is its diet modification. Mm. Sometimes it's, it's intense in the sense that a specialized formula has to be designed by a dietitian and a nutritionist for that particular child. If we have to take our protein, for instance, and increase fat, um, so it's a very specialized science to treat these little ones. But if we see what the problem is, we can fix it. Yeah, no, and again, I I feel like these type of things are super helpful because I also know of friends of mine where, I mean, I'm pretty sure they didn't have that. I don't know if they even tested for that or anything, Mm. but where especially when it comes to feeding issues or Mm. uh, metabolic issues, like you mentioned, and there is a whole bunch of them and um, those type of issues that can be also quite common for newborn babies. Absolutely. um, In the end of the day, um, I feel like if you've, uh, it, it is often like a, scratching for what it can be wrong, scratching for what's, and you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this and doing this. And people are unnecessarily also um, cutting out things out of their moms who are breastfeeding, who are cutting things out of their diet, um, thinking that it could be something. And, and mm. then in the end of the day, the reality is as well is that when you are cutting things out of your diet, you have to remember that it's not within one or two days that you're cutting something else and you're going to see results from yeah, exactly. it. Yeah. It quite, takes quite some time for you to cut out and you have to completely cut it out of your diet. If you're mm. drinking, eating cheese and you're trying to cut out dairy or whatever and silly things have dairy in it, you would be surprised how many things 
And if you're having this, you're not cutting it out of your diet. And again, three or four days is not going to make a difference. It is mm. weeks that you need to cut it out of your diet for it to actually have an impact on, um, on the breast milk, um, and that type of thing. So it is, yeah, like mm-hmm. I said, if you know these things from the start, I think it can make it again, even if you just mm-hmm. know and nothing was wrong, then it gives you just a little bit of peace of mind. No, but that brings me now to the next question of is what now if the test doesn't come back? Right. <laughs> and you see that there is something of concern or the results are abnormal. What then? Mm-hmm. What would happen? Okay. So as I, believe, I touched on it earlier, so if we see an abnormality in an enzyme, it depends on, on, on what we see. So when we're looking for a disease process, the on the enzyme profile, there's what we refer to as a pattern of abnormality. In other words, more than one of the enzymes within a um, enzyme profile that's screening for protein issues, for instance. So the amino acids need to be out of a normal range but in ratio to one another. In other words, there needs to, so this pattern of abnormality needs to be seen. And then we can say, okay, this pattern looks like this disease. And then what happens is additional, or what we refer to as secondary testing is done. So that is then a, a special urine test and a special serum or additional. So serum is like we need a, a greater volume of blood. So we need about hmm. two or three mils of blood. So then it's a, a vein, a, a sample that's collected from a vein. And that is then sent to the, what they call the POTCH, Potchestrom lab for inborn errors of metabolism. And that is analyzed and then a diagnosis will be made. And once the diagnosis is made, then that is communicated to the pediatrician and then um, the pediatrician may be able to manage it on his own, his or her own, or um, they contact us to help with um, nutritional support um, or finding so um, you an can enzyme. actually then help once you've I can, realized what is happening. I have a pool of resources, so I can <laughs> say, okay, call this guy, do this, do that. So I can't, I can't um, uh, give prescribe a treatment course, okay? But we no. can. So I'm going to use an, another disease as an example. So there's something called biotinidase deficiency. Now, biotin is a precursor to normal metabolic process. Now, if we and we measure that on this test in percentage. So if we have a percentage of less than 10 percent, for instance, that describes this as a, um, a full biotin deficiency, and we need to supplement that. And there's a there is a protocol. So we supplement the two milligrams a day, and we um, assist the families to get biotin issued by um, a compounding pharmacy. So we know where to get it scripted. We ask the pediatrician to script it. It gets issued to the family and so on. So that's a sort of easy resource if you like. Okay. If it's a, a protein issue where we need to do a specialized hydrolyzed formula, for instance, that is where the dietitians would get involved. So, and then we also work, um, I am going to name drop now, but Sanofi Genzyme does um, a little bit of assisting with um, a disease process called lysosomal storage disorders. So they have a specialized program where they would support testing for families where they suspect those particular types of diseases. So we have a group of resources within the sort of newborn screening community, if you like, that we say, okay, this is what the issue we think it is and this is who you must talk to and I mean that's so that's so great that in the end there is like you know a system in place to help with those things if there is an abnormality and then we will just find someone to talk to you know so that's what it's all about is um, yeah great more on this just now (laughs) this is bump and beyond with Yolandi Becker is brought to you with compliments of Discam Baby City So, Bronwyn, thank you again so much for joining me. 
think this newborn screening sounds like it is a, a very important thing that uh, we should include um, in our um, for every, like I said, for every parent. Um, can you just uh, let us know how we can get in touch with you? Okay, so we have a really, really cool um, website. I'm going to give you that web address. It is www.nextbio. Dot co dot za. That's n e x t b i o dot co dot za. Um, there is a little link to our newborn screening, and you can click on that, have a read, and if you're keen, you can um, order now, and um, that will just alert me to the fact that you want to do the test, and I will make the necessary arrangements. I'm also going to give you a contact number. It is 082-386-486. 4979 and you can reach me on that. I can answer more questions. I can assist with testing, um, etc. So yeah, if if um, you use those two two resources to get in touch with us, um, that'll be great. And thank um, you so much, Bronwyn. It was really great having you. Um, and maybe again next time we can talk about something else. You've been really great on the show. Thank you Thanks very so much. much. Okay, Todaraba. <laughs>